Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, we are flashing back to 2011. Did we do a flashback before this? No, this is our first of a new batch of flashbacks that are being bundled around a couple new releases. We have previously, you've heard us, WandaVision, Promising Young Woman, Zack Snyder's Justice League. How'd that go without me? Were you wrapping, guys devastated? I bet. <laughs> wrapped up our genre love story. And now we're jumping into a new round of four flashbacks, as well as reviews of Godzilla vs. Kong and Mortal Kombat coming your way. This week, we are doing John's pick from 2011. Oh, this was which your pick. is... Is it my... It's not my pick. No, by your, I meant John. <laughs> I just assumed it which was your is, Zach's pick. <laughs> yeah. The Bennett Miller directed Moneyball. This is an adaptation of Michael Lewis's book about the Oakland A's general manager, Billy Bean. That was one aspect of the book, but this is what they really focused in on. And uh, the revolutionizing of... I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I'll finish. I'll, I'll just flip it. We'll get to eight words or less. Don't worry. Uh, the revolutionizing of stats and baseball. But for, before we get into more details, let's do our eight words or less, starting with the picker, John. Who run the world? Nerds. Um, I object. <laughs> and and something baseball. And baseball something. I object. It's girls. Um. <laughs> Nerds is an all-encompassing category. <laughs> um, I can go. Brad Pitt really knows how to throw shit. Oh, <laughs> mine is I I don't know baseball. This was great. Okay, mine was screw Yankees and socks. Stats boring. Go cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie's Moneyball. As I just laid out before this, uh, it stars Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill as the main duo of Billy Bean and his stat guy Peter Brand. Uh, it's also got a couple small performances from Philip Seymour Hoffman, Chris Pratt, Robin Wright. Uh, I want to get the girl's name. Uh, oh, here we go. It's, uh, whoa. Kara Storcy? I don't know. Casey Bean. I was always um, a big fan of this movie, but I would like John to tell us why he picked this movie. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I need to confess beforehand. Oh, um, no. I'm not I'm not a huge sports biopic or sports just inspirational movie uh, aficionado like there are several that have a soft spot in my heart Mighty Ducks The Sandlot was a formative movie for me mm-hmm. neither one of those um, are biopics this could be the trend. yeah yeah I yeah I, well, I should I should just say like inspirational sports films but but even specifically biopics, um, and then remember the Titans will be like one of my all time favorite films too. Um, but even like the professional sport that I follow and care about the most, which is basketball, I haven't even seen the namesakes that f- in that genre. Like, like Space I haven't Jam. Seen Hoos- <laughs> Space well, okay, fine. Jam. I've seen Space Jam. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Hoosiers. I haven't seen Coach Carter, and so, um. But I still really love these like inspirational type sports films. I don't know why, um, especially considering I am not the most like athletically 
involved or invested person, um, except for my niche kind of interests. But there was when we were looking at flashback films, I remember seeing this and being like, we have to watch this. And I don't know if it's because it's a Sorkin film and Sorkin's adaptations, especially in movies, say what you will about his TV shows. His dialogue is great in movies, and especially when he's dealing with um, real subject matter. I feel like he's an incredible storyteller and an incredible historian. And he, ma- he makes, he retells these stories like so, so engagingly here. He makes them so engaging. And so I don't know, it, it just drops you right in. So there's that aspect. There's the acting Brad Pitt. I mean, Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt, but he's still awesome. Jonah Hill. I think in what you said, maybe last episode, Zach, this was maybe his first, serious role and he no pun intended knocked it out of the park even even like all the minor actors who played random baseball players like did really good like the the acting was just really quality so and and then the direction too and the music and the use of this will destroy you i think was really great the the song the mighty rio grande was really well done so the directing was great as well the mixture of real life scenes and stuff like that was done really well. So yeah, it's just it's it's just a great film. It's a film that I've never really felt the need to like go back to, but when I chose it and rewatched it yesterday and today, I was I there was nothing like really didn't live up to the previous hype. That being said, it's still just like a movie I would watch maybe every five years or so or something like that but also i think one of the reasons why i picked it the idea of saber metrics and i didn't get a chance to read zach's uh article for the for the website which you should about how moneyball actually really changed professional sports in general but i had a was it my first or second year teaching maybe it was my second year teaching i had a student who i still remember would amazing student and would stay after class um right as lunch started and would just talk to me about sports stats and that kind of thing and talk to me about sports games or things that for games that were like maybe going around going on when he wasn't even born or maybe like too young to remember and he was just this wealth of knowledge about sports not even in his main sports which he himself participated in but like just every type of sport um and it's so interesting because i remember this kid actually ended up going to college and creating a part-time role for the college baseball team doing sabermetrics and now he's working for the pittsburgh pirates in that type full-time in that type of um mizzou baseball has been good in the recently too like he could probably point to being a part of that success no 100 100 percent. and so watching moneyball just made me think of all the conversations i would have with him and how much that was kind of a bridge of no, when it comes to professional sports, and this is not to uh, 
perpetuating any stereotypes, but there is a great level of thought and analysis, not just in the business decisions, but actually like the success of it and how you can break it down stat wise into various different things and then choose, okay, what stats matter and what stats don't matter. And how do you construct a successful organization around those stats and make those choices? And it, it just revealed a side of professional sports that I never knew existed. And I really appreciated it for that. And for the opportunity that it gave one of my former students. Ben, you hadn't seen this movie. What did you think about it? As someone who knows fuck all about baseball, I thought it was great because even though I don't like have an in-depth knowledge of like the game, the players, like, I mean, I, I know how baseball is played, obviously, but doesn't follow any of that. It's like this was done in a way where I could follow the story and I could understand the importance of what they were, of what the the discovery of uh, Hill's character was. And like John said, the acting is great all around. My, my, like, I love the scenes with uh, Bean and his daughter. Like, the first time that scene in the guitar store is just like, oh, like one of the most heartwarming things I've seen in a long while. It's great. But I wish we had gotten more of those supporting characters, you know? Because a movie that's like, I was even writing down in my notes, like, I, I only knew Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill were in it, so it's like, oh shit, Philip Seymour Hoffman, oh shit, Chris Pratt, oh shit, Robin Wright. And then they all have like one or two scenes. And oh then shit, it's kind Spike of, Jones. Yeah, that was crazy too. <laughs> he's like, and he's like a glorified cameo, which kind of sucks. Like, I would have loved to see more of those characters, you know? But it's, I, it's, I, it's I a also, very... real quick, just to comment on Ben's point, Philip Seymour Hoffman had to have the most awkward time just, like, like filming scenes where he literally just had to stand there and, like, fake cheer, probably. And then, like, that wasn't even, like, the main, like, fi- like they had to use that for, like, a TV shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the extent of his acting 60% of the and, time. I mean, but he did great. Yeah, and like, it's, he did incredible. It's nitpicking, obviously, like, because, I mean, like, this this is Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill's movie, and they're phenomenal from start to finish. I think Hill does such a great job as, like, this character who is so reserved, but you can tell, like, he's even having these big reactions underneath, um, underneath, like, the surface. Like, you can tell he's, like, freaking out when Bean is making these drastic decisions, but he's also supportive. And it's just a great, a great movie overall, you know. Spike Jones makes great cameo-esque appoint, uh, appearances in both of Jonah Hill's Oscar-nominated movies. Yeah, but his scene could have been cut out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a fraction of his home life, though. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, you could cut aside all of the family stuff, but the whole end of the well, I mean, movie. That's, I didn't understand what its purpose was. I mean, it's the whole end of the movie. It's it, It's why he turned around yeah i mean but i mean like why he didn't take the money you know he 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 took the money and lived by the dream you know the big league dream when he was a kid and he always kind of regretted that yeah not everyone's albert pujols (laughs) yeah i i think all those little pieces add up to something by the end of the movie for sure we had to have scenes for women somewhere so i guess i won't cut those out of the movie (laughs) but um 
don't know, it was weird. The thing, I think the thing that bothered me about those scenes where it's like, I kind of felt like we were supposed to be like not on Robin Wright's side at first because it's like, you know, she got remarried and all this stuff. Well, actually, that his character was re- remarried in real life, but for some reason, they didn't have that in this. So I was like expecting there to be some animosity with that character, but then it wasn't. She was like super supportive and everything. So I was just like, well, now I don't understand the purpose of this. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like back when I originally saw this movie, when it was in theaters, like I was actually shocked because I knew I'd re- re- reviewed it for our old pot or our old website. And when I looked at my review, and I was like, "Oh, I gave this movie a B or B plus." Even I was like, "That's ridiculous," because it has left no impression on me whatsoever. <laughs> honestly, like I couldn't. I just assumed I was meh on it because I don't remember most of it or any of it, honestly. And so watching it now. Like, it was well made. I s- agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I was still bored watching it. There, like, I don't know. I don't care in math. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm saying I don't care about math. I loved math in school. But, um, like, I don't know. I was just, I wasn't that invested. I'm not really a big sports film person because they're just the same story over and over again. So they, usually they it's like the characters. They all to live up to Space Jam. Just very much so. This movie needed way more angels in the outfield. <laughs> and you know well, some rookies yeah, throwing balls in from the outfield with their arms snapping Wait, what's but, the um, one with the joseph gordon levitt where he like angels in the outfield that was angels in the outfield okay. yeah yes okay him and danny glover i think yeah christopher lloyd so you it didn't leave an impression on you what about this no time? it didn't it's like just it was weird because it was talking about the importance of um, saber metrics and all that. But then like halfway through the movie, he's like not listening to Jonah Hill's input on certain things and getting rid of people. And like basically what it seemed to come down to was just walk more. And that's it. So it was like it was weird because it's like saber metrics is super important. But the way it presented is like it doesn't matter because he stops paying attention to all that. No, I he don't doesn't know. stop. So it, just, he, like, Pena? it felt like it did. I mean, I mean. Jonah Hill he got was rid of all the back. people that he got for. <laughs> Jonah Hill was pushing back against the Pena trade because Pena was like a rookie stud. Mm-hmm. And like Jonah Hill was right. He pushed back on two of the trades. A bit, a bit in the long run because Pena ended up having like a monster run for Toronto. But that was a good almost 10 years after this trade. But I don't know. It just felt oversimplifying it. And I feel like there's so much more to it. Like, sure. you still have to have good pitchers and all this stuff. Yes. So it's like, I don't know. I just got started to think about that. And then my, I, I don't understand stats at all half the time. So it was like, I was getting lost in things I probably didn't need to care I about. I think that's but. a valid criticism of like, as a picture of what makes a team successful. They, they had Barry Zito, Mark Hudson, and... Uh, Who's the one that came to Mark Mulder, not Mark Hudson, something Hudson, Hudson, Mulder and Zito were their three starters for the season where they lost to the Yankees and the three of the best young starters in baseball. They had Mm -hmm. didn't they have like an MVP that year? I think well, Chavez and Tejada both had huge breakout seasons this season as well. Um, But these were young guys who were doing the things that they were that they that they already knew. To make the movie, I think it works. Like, yeah. if you're setting your emotional baseball climax around the Hattieburg homer, which is insane that that game plays out. That's like the real way that game played out. Mm-hmm. But and but he was the centerpiece for the idea, yeah. too. I think it's fine that it focuses. Like, yes, you could have had a thing that, you know, talks about the whole team. But then 
it just gets I feel like that gets overwhelming and it also yeah. doesn't become about being who the movie is ultimately about yeah I also just feel yeah there was a lot about him but I don't know if it was done as well as it could have been to make it like to emphasize Bean's pardon and it just I think the thing that was bothering me about like suddenly the walking thing because it just felt like we got halfway through the movie and suddenly it got more interesting to me because he actually started taking an interest in the people in his team and talking to them it's like had you done this earlier and gotten everyone on board you guys could have been winning from day one (laughs) uh well it's interesting that they touch on that too because i like that touch and i i I don't know the validity to it or if it's just kind of like you said Mm -hmm. like it's a piece to make the to make the movie work a little yeah, bit Yeah, and better, I don't know but... if I can compl- like have these complaints about the movie so much as it's actually working with a timeline of events. So. Yeah. But, yeah, but but what's interesting is how I feel like the, the like the humanity has gotten less and less. Like back then, a blend of the two was needed because this was something new. But like now, like it's just like front offices are just savage and brutal and. All they care mm-hmm. about is these stats, and they don't care about any of the human element, it feels like, anymore. An interesting contrast 20 years later. But, um, yeah, I guess I'll share my thoughts real quick. I always liked this movie when I first saw it. Uh, I've rewatched it twice in the last two years. I'm five stars. This is one of the top movies of the last decade. Uh, I put it in my top 30. Um, I think Brad Pitt is top three performance for him. Uh, I think this... What would you put... What would you put in front of this, just out of curiosity? For Brad Pitt? Yeah. Uh, I think I, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is up there now. Okay. Um, I love uh, Killing Them Softly, which... Um, That's right. I've never seen that, but like... Same. Um, yeah, okay. Oop, wrong guy. I mean, Tyler Durden is iconic and fun. But I also, I think I also yeah, like, I, I think I prefer Brad Pitt a little more reserved. Uh, Bastards mm-hmm. too, you know, like if you give me Bastards Once Born Upon a Time Jarno. in Hollywood and, <laughs> and this, that's pretty damn good. Ocean's Eleven, Rusty is also a great character. Eh. Eh? Did you just eh? Ocean's Eleven? Yeah. You're going to get removed from this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Ocean's I think they're good. I think they're the other two. They're all um, excellent. Our, my favorite new running joke is you're being cut from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd put like, I don't know if I have a top three, but I'd put like his performance in Seven and Hollywood, like probably Hollywood just a little bit above Seven, but it's so close. He's a lot of fun in The Counselor. I haven't seen that either. Oh, the well, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. He's also incredible in that movie. Uh, Burn after reading. Snap. I mean, he's great. He's always turns in great performances. Are we still getting a World War Z sequel or no? Uh, not anytime soon. I mean, they David Fincher threatened to make it for years, much, uh, but I don't think anybody would give him the money. Well, I, I I don't know what that. He was definitely like. Wait, he threatened to make the film. Yeah. If you don't, what if you don't want? do what I want, I swear I'll make a sequel. Well, he didn't make the first one, um, but uh, yeah, um, let's get on to the categories. Uh, star ratings. I, I said mine five stars. John, uh, I don't know. Man. It's somewhere between a four and a four and a half. Four. I think I'm at a three and a half. Oh, it's higher than I thought you would. 
Um, this. Well, I mean, I said I agreed with all you guys. Yeah. I was just kind of bored. Um, oh, Ad Astra. He was also great in that. This is one. Aren't you like the only person in the world who likes Ad Astra? No, I think a lot of people like Ad Astra. As a What's three, the one that three point four? He's, he's on the, the only person in the world who likes killing like Troy. softly. <laughs> what was that? You more? did like Troy, didn't you? Troy was good fun. Troy's yeah, yeah. Troy's a good movie. It's it's another one of those you know my top eight two point five hour Orlando Bloom starring <laughs> epics. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> um, all right. The category actually it might not oh, tree that of might life. not be in the top. <laughs> <eight>. <laughs> Wait, which one, Lauren? Tree of life. Excellent, and true. He is. A, I hate that movie. He doesn't so do a lot much. in that it's one. It's a great movie. No one does a lot in it. It's a screensaver <laughs> the kids for forty-five minutes. The kids are great in that movie. Okay. What was I looking for? <laughs> Performance prize. I have to watch the Curious Case of Benjamin Button again. Yeah, that's. I've been meaning to rewatch. Um, performance prize Jonah Hill or Brad Pitt oh he's also great in Megamind oh yeah he was good mm-hmm. yeah. he is great in Megamind uh, okay <laughs> so performance prize we the, we all agree Pitt and Jonah Hill are fantastic um, which of the the outliers did you like the most the like smaller parts um, I thought the daughter was great. Yeah, she is really great. Actually. She it, like I'm so surprised she hasn't done anything since. I think she's been in I mean, a few things. She might have chose not to. Act. No, I think she's been doing stuff. I remember, definitely remember her popping Let's up. Let's see. Sort of what, what, what was what was the name of her? Paris Dorsey. Excuse me, sorry. She was in Walk the Line. Oh. That was before this. Well, that was yeah. This that was way before this. Alexander and the Terrible Hole. Okay, I could have swore I saw her in something else. Maybe she's done some TV. They say she yeah. She's 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 the daughter. She was of, Ray Donovan. Yeah, she's either. the daughter of Leave Schreiber's character. Um, Ray Donovan. No, she is great Ray in this. Uh, right. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, is great as always. Um, in such a very reserved kind of like, it's so yeah. weird that this is a Philip Seymour Hoffman part. But he is like I always get so mad at movies that make me want to dislike him. <laughs> but he well, is that's a great the thing. I was, jerk. I was looking this, this up. Apparently, I don't know baseball people, but the guy, the man Chris Pratt played, yeah, mm-hmm. apparently said that Art was super supportive of him. Never made him feel like he wasn't his first choice. That sounds like a baseball yeah. Apparently, that's the, yeah. that's <laughs> the one kind of contested uh, aspect of the film is how. The what do you call the coach? Like if manager. if the manager, yeah. So not the general manager who was Billy Bean, but Art Howe, the manager. That was his role and his kind of portrayal was the was one thing that was contested um, really heavily. Yeah. I think like, Scott. Listen, you're my first choice to sit on the bench for all these well, games. Yeah, while Pena wins, plays every <laughs> game. So I think there's. I think Scotty Hattieberg's just being a little uh, nice there. Um, Pitt, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, um, Pratt is great. And I heard I was listening to uh, Blank Check's uh, wrap up for the last year, and they were giving him some props for Onward for like vocal best vocal performances, which he is great in. But they described Chris Pratt is at his best when he's like a a a, a kid and acting as a grown up. And I think this Star Lord, yeah. I like- think, <laughs> but I think this fits that as well. You know, like I think all baseball players feel like immature kids boys who never grew up yeah but i like that he he really like this is in the middle of the andy dwyer days too and you know he was Mm -hmm. he has this 
it really showed his range a little bit. You know, his Ozjak's lack of confidence. That he does a really nice job with that. Um, but his drastic weight loss was for Star Lord, right? But, he but like I was reading that this, he yeah. lost a lot of weight for this movie too to get cast because they kept saying that he wasn't in shape enough for it. He got buff for um, before Guardians of the Galaxy as well because for. Uh, Zero Dark Thirty, which was the next oh. year. Oh right? yeah! You know him and Joel Edgerton are like ripped in that movie to play the the final scene of that movie. Joel I didn't Ed- realize Joel Edgerton was in it. I'm pretty well, yeah, sure and it was Joel I, like I think did, were you the one who mentioned that he's going to be in that Obi Wan show? And I'm like, dude. Yeah, they're bringing him back. Uh, Uncle Uncle Owen is going to be jacked because he's still pretty <laughs> pretty rough, like ripped. I would have been interested to see this movie had it been because like the original version was supposed to be cast with all like yeah actual um baseball players well it was but, yeah Steven's, which some of these people did play before yeah. so. royce clayton is on Miguel Tejada, i think i feel like like i like i appreciate that that like goal I mean, some of, of the scouts were actual scouts yeah. what'd you say like, ben? I, pre- I appreciate that goal like trying to go for the that authenticity mm-hmm. but it's also like actors are actors for a reason. yeah the the, the main faces uh, of his daughter and who um, we'll give her name a shout out Kara Storcy, Hoffman, Pratt all great. Robin Wright has like one scene. It's a pretty thankless role but no worries. Nice to see um, Robin Wright. Uh, who is can't look it up but the guy who played well the guy who played Ron Washington who was the the, the uh, he was the he's the third base coach. He goes with being to meet Chris Pratt, he's uh, he had some good quick one-liners, and the guy who plays yeah, I like that guy, and the guy who plays the head scout is actually really great too. I think uh, as he has his stands off with okay, performance prize. All right, new category which we kind of I named it, and that's uh, you got to see this best scenes of the movie. Pick one, and then we can give honorable mentions. I think I, I can go because I see John thinking it over. I think the first uh, the first scene where where they ha- where uh, Jonah Hill Peter gets to go to the scout meeting is really great. It's got a it's got a good bunch of good laughs. It's just yeah. like this giant standoff, and everybody is just great. And there's some great one liners in the like the surround like the talky over each other mix and stuff like that. Um, I'd say I'd say it's that scene. Like I have, I have, I can't pick between these three. It's that scene, um, Pitt's first scene with uh, his daughter. God damn it! Yes, and Jonah Hill uh, firing that player. Yeah, is also mm-hmm. just like those are my three favorites. Like that, eh, it might be that 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 last one might be my favorite. Just Hill's so good in that you can just tell he's so fucking anxious in <laughs> the guy. The guy's just like you know. I love the. Uh, Thanks for telling me. <laughs> I, I like love leaves. the. Uh, <laughs> I love that he sets it up. The Jeremy Jambi one, like, so you get the scene where Billy goes into the clubhouse and he's mad at them because they're on a losing streak and partying, and Jer- you know, he has this big telling off Jeremy Jambi. That's what losing sounds like. And then, like, he then trades him in like the next scene, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna tell Jeremy," and you think it's gonna build mm-hmm. up to this big yeah. blow up. And he's just completely professional, like does it exactly the way he said to do it and sends him on his way. I think that's just a great uh, flipping of your yeah. expectations of what was going to happen there. It's like he's, you could tell he's so pissed off, but he's also just like, he's in control. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, Zach, I'm going to, I'm just going to have to agree with you because I think that, that fit, that scene 
just kind of summarize like if you if you didn't see the, any part of this film but wanted to know what this film was about and kind of sort of what they were doing in the context of the sports environment of the time and how kind of revolutionary and subversive it was that scene sums it up so well that feels like a very sorkin scene too and it's like the progressives versus like the conservatives like this movie really is about everything at the same like you can really add all these it's like these old brain thinking people who don't want to change you know they have lines like how about you just leave this to uh, the people who know what they're doing you know it's like they don't they want to have a closed door nobody outsiders get to come in and shake the boat or anything uh and it's you know mm-hmm. the, the fact that it's a group of old white guys is uh not a mistake i don't think um mm-hmm. even if a handsome younger white guy is the one solving the problem uh but um yeah <laughs> i don't know if i have a favorite scene like i said it does not leave an impression on me at all um like i guess if i had to pick one i would maybe pick the one where jonah hill and brad pitt were together just making all the phone calls to get the trades going mm-hmm. that's around enough. Both like of the those scenes you were just talking about yeah yeah because yeah. it's it's one of the one times that jonah hill's character really does show some excitement yeah. over everything mm-hmm. which well, is great and it's so emphatic and it's so powerful because of the juxtaposition of him normally being this straight-laced, plays it cool, and then when he does succeed, just the the yeah, like <laughs> he did it so well. I I was like, oh man, Brad Pitt, I need you to buy soda, three years of soda. He <laughs> yeah. he's really chomping on that. Uh, he brings over his Ocean's Eleven stick. Uh, always eating in this movie uh, he's really chomping oh my God, on that popcorn. why did it have to be chewing tobacco oh. <laughs> it would, i don't think it was chewing to it looked no, like it was, it was like a, popcorn was it, or like sun no, no, but in the beginning then? he had tobacco. no there was yeah there was a scene with popcorn but he was definitely spitting into a cup yeah. a bunch of times oh everyone was spitting into a cup <laughs> that was the one thing that bothered me about this one i'm like i mean still... if you watch baseball it still happens <laughs> like they're constantly spitting. i thought you weren't allowed to have chewing tobacco that's like yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like Martina still does, but for the most part, it's sunflower seeds these days. Um, but they're still spitting out the seeds yeah. <laughs> or the shells. I like how I like how it's like. Well, if we can't chew and spit something tobacco into a cup. We got to find something else to chew and spit into a cup. Mm-hmm. Why not just find something to chew? Like why, why not just to spit? not chew something for three hours? <laughs> I was never a seeds guy or a gum guy. <laughs> like, get I some played. gum. Like <laughs> I mean, a lot of people do chew and gum, so. I don't do yeah I don't do sunflower seeds Kyle does all right let's talk about that ending there's kind of three of them like there's the Hattieburg Homer which I think is great but then there's like Mm -hmm. there's the Boston meeting there's like the sit down with Peter with the and then um, I mean there's the ending where they don't actually win everything yeah oh that 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 ending too which is you know I mean they would have won had it been uh, Chris Pine Chris Hemsworth or Chris Evans (laughs) at first base (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, i think it's interesting that it, it it puts the big climax a good 15 minutes before the actual end of the movie mm-hmm. but i it really i really appreciate how it lets you sit in bean's headspace as he makes this decision and that's where all those little scenes with his family and flashbacks all kind of come together and you when he you know when he when uh peter catches him laying on the you know on the field and you just know everything that's going through his head as he tries to decide whether to take this job or not. And 
Um, it was weird though, because like the flashbacks were just to show us like he learned a lesson from all that. But it's like at the end of the day, he stayed because of his daughter. So it's like flashbacks didn't need to happen. But, but they I think do, it, but I mean it's all a part of the piece, right? It's part of family and not yeah, choosing I'm just money. Saying, a lot of stuff did not work for me. Yeah. <laughs> I I also appreciated sort of the theming of mixing and learning more about his story and how it affected mm-hmm. um his actions as the general manager but then also the theming of the public was so dismissive of them at the beginning and so were people within the organization they were dismissive and then the as and mm-hmm. well that's the thing and then and then it starts to change and it starts to rise and people start to be like oh my gosh this is gonna be the greatest franchise in history like they're gonna go down as one of the most important blah 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 blah. And then as soon as they lose, I love the commentary. And I, I'm assuming it was an actual yeah. commentary. Maybe it wasn't. No, I pretty, I'm sure that was pulled for some actual. Yeah. But the the commentary being like the twins expose like the biggest flaw in the A's program is that they weren't a great constructed team, and it's just. It sh- it shows that fickleness of sports and sort of the nature mm-hmm. of uh, how you'll be perceived based on y- the actions that you take. Yeah. And that scene between Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill afterwards, after they got the record, and he's saying, like, what's the point of it? Yeah. Like, if I don't win the last game of the series, who cares? Yeah. It, it Like you said, Zach, it really put it into context and really put you in uh, bean shoes. You want to know the real reason that I probably don't like this movie? Because it ends <laughs> with the Red Sox winning. Oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was like two years later, the Red Sox won. You want to know who they or who lost? I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. Okay. Oof. Um, were you, big oof. Wait, you were you were there. I was at that game. So two thousand four was it? Oh okay, gotcha. Oh okay, gotcha. I that's the other thing. I always feel like this is like more recenter, more recent. See me watching it, I'm like, this movie was like in the seventies or something. <laughs> it's like, wait, no, it wasn't. <laughs> this is like twenty nine or twenty twenty nine, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, yeah. something like that, right? It's just like no, mm-hmm. it was in two thousand and four. Oh three, oh three. The, this takes place about oh three or oh two season, right? Yeah. O2 yeah, oh two. Okay, but why any complaints? Three and a half stars over there. I mean, I already gave them. Okay. <laughs> um. Anybody else have any? But why wasn't there book. more Robin Wright? Okay. It's like this Wonder Woman. Gotta put more of her in those movies. <laughs> I don't really have any. But okay. why? Hot takes. But any why? Hot takes? Why wasn't this a league of their oh own? Oh my gosh! Good movie. <laughs> hot but takes. why isn't there crying in baseball? There is none. That's why. There is. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> The hot take theater. Anybody have any hot takes on this one? Mm. It'd be interesting to see this movie made today, like where this is even more like thought. Like when this movie was made in 2011, there were still some teams that like hadn't even bra- embraced fully this. Mm-hmm. And now there's like there's not a team that doesn't do it. And it's like there's so many more stats now in like computers. Yeah. It was like Peter, like having to enter in all the pitch location information. Like they have computers that just do that now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 would have been that they could have gotten even so much. But they still that. have umps that screw it up. Yeah, there you go. Maybe not for too much longer. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Okay, repeat after me. Most memorable lines. Oh, uh, my! Hold on, I've got it. 
wa- we want you to play first base for the Oakland A's. Okay, well, I've only ever played catcher. Scott, you're not a catcher anymore. If you were, a call wouldn't be the only one you got when your contract expired. Yeah, hey, listen, no, I appreciate it. You're welcome. But the thing, the thing is, you don't know how to play first base. Scott, that's right. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, Wash, it's incredibly hard. <laughs> Yeah, you forgot the the last line to that was, "Hey, anything we're doing is like I'm chain turning on it." You didn't even get the whole line. <laughs> Billy, he can't throw and he can't field, but what can he do? Silence, guys, check your reports. Or I'm gonna point at Pete. He gets on base. Yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, the other Scott Hattieberg line where he was like, "What's your big?" David Justice is trying to do. It's like he's like, "What's your biggest fear?" He goes, "Ah, ball being hit in anywhere yeah. in my general direction." <laughs> Like, he's like, ha ha, what, what about your real one? He goes, no, no that, that, that's it. That's it. <laughs> well, well, hey, good luck with that. It's like, do you do you want me to talk when I'm pointing at you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, want to, I want you to see these player evaluations that you asked me to do. I asked you to do three. Yeah. To evaluate three players. Yeah. How many did you do? 47. Okay. Actually, 51. I don't know why I just lied then. <laughs> Expert opinions? Doggo download? Were there any dogs? No dogs. Zero out of ten stars. Zero out of ten. No dogs. No E.T. watch. Ben, you ever seen Mm -hmm. a meme from this movie? No. No? I have not. Um, The book? I don't know. I never read the book. Uh, I think the book was a lot less uh, story-driven than this. It wasn't like just about Billy Bean. It was about the whole revolution entirely. But yeah. Upgradables? Any casting rumors, Lauren, you found on IMDb? Chris Pine, Hemsworth, and Evans. Oh. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> uh, no, there wasn't any casting stuff that I saw, other than just the original one would have been actual players. The Yeah, the actor who played David Justice, who was actually a, he, a professional former mm-hmm. baseball player himself, I kept looking, oh, this is terrible, I got, I'm too far in. Um, I kept looking at him and I was like, Commons in this movie? <laughs> he does look like <laughs> he does look like him a little bit. And then I was like, oh, no. Common is a great a- actor. Watch Terminator Salvation. Steven Soderbergh was very close, like, left this movie, like... I saw like, that. Like, very soon uh, before it. And Steve Zalian was writing his script, I believe. And I think Aaron Sorkin came on pretty late as well. I like how you recommended seeing Terminator Salvation <laughs> for Common. It was like, that's that's the one you're going to go with? What, wait, wait, hold on, Ben. What other common? First of all, I'm impressed you know who Common is, Ben. Um, but I've seen him in like he's four like movies, one of the most, man. He's one of the most recognizable <laughs> celebrities, and and name, Ben loves Suicide it. Squad and Justice or John Wick Chapter Two. Mm-hmm. Wait, okay, he's in John Wick. Wait, he was in Suicide Squad. Briefly. Wow, I can't believe you don't know what Common was in. <laughs> ben also probably likes Wanted. That's a good movie. Now you see me, Ben. Do you write for Now You See Me? I thought they were all right. Yeah. Pretty decent. Oh, this, uh, I think the second one was a giant piece of shit, but I like the first one. He was in your favorite series, Ben, the Ocean series. Ocean's 8. He was in Ocean Nobody 8. What was it? Lucky? No, not Lucky 7. What's the Smoke one in the hotel? Aces. Shit. Um, Smoke and Aces. Hotel. Smoke and Aces. Yeah, he's good in that oh, too. Oh, yeah. I need to rewatch that. Because that, that might have aged like Boondock Saints. I don't know. Like <laughs> That movie's stacked, <laughs> though. That movie's got like Ryan Reynolds, Jason Bateman... Yeah, so is Valentine's yeah. Day. It doesn't make it a good movie. But like, <laughs> but Saints, you know, Boondock Saints has Billy Connolly and Norman Reedus and an exploding cat. I guess. Did you not, <laughs> Willem Dafoe? Like, at least well, get Willem Dafoe. Oh my god! 
To Infinity Beyond, Lasting Impact. Ben, I fucking love you. I think this... <laughs> this is a great... Like, the fact that Ben, like he said, he doesn't care about baseball, doesn't watch sports regularly, and he enjoyed this movie, I think is testament to how accessible I mean, the movie is it was about math to kind of like and, and, and while lauren what lauren's point is that it it oversimplifies the 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 sabermetrics of it all it also i think if the uh, most a layman person who's not into baseball watches this they could yeah like it you get it i don't know you get like it. like you're, i can tell i can't tell if it's oversimplified or not but i can tell like this is a, this was huge. Yeah, yeah. Like this was a big fucking deal. I, I, mm-hmm. If you want to know where baseball's at, you can just point to this movie. It does a I great mean, job of the last the last baseball game I probably watched was that World Series with the the Red Sox. Oh four. Point to this. Yeah, no, no joke. That was probably the last game I watched. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one last pitch. Oh wait, bonus rounds. No friends of friends. Random trivia fact. Or? Friends of Cliff. Um, I didn't. I wouldn't call this a favorite trivia so much as it was just interesting. It's like all but four of the scouts of the movie were played by actual Major League Baseball scouts. Tom Gamboa, I hope that's how you say his name, is perhaps best known as the Kansas City Royals first base ba- or first base coach, who was attacked on the field by two fans during the game okay. against the Chicago White Sox on September nineteenth, two thousand and two. The father and son highly intoxicated. It intoxicated i can't speak tonight ran onto the field unprovoked tackled gamboa and threw several punches before being restrained by players in security gamboa ultimately suffered permanent hearing loss lauren's favorite yeah. thing about this movie that's, guys. that's um, terrible my favorite thing about this movie it didn't include that it this the 2002 <laughs> scene <laughs> or no that it was for a different team though never mind <laughs> john one last pitch ah pun is that your pitch? Because <laughs> baseball. Um, Brad Pitt, stats, baseball. What else do you need? Jonah Women. Hill. Women apparently. <laughs> Lauren makes the Lauren makes the point of the. Well, we've already Let's established that. Let's end it there, Zach. <laughs> Next week we are going to be doing a new release that I mentioned at the top, and that is Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, the new movie by Adam Wingard. It is the fourth. Laser Lizard versus Giant Ape. Woo! This is the fourth <laughs> entry in this monster verse uh, after Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, and Godzilla, King of the Godzilla, Monsters. King of the Monsters. Um, we have one huge fan of Godzilla, me, one pretty big fan, the Burping Oh, I love Heimbaugh. Godzilla. Of oh. Kong Skull Island, one Godzilla versus <laughs> the King of the Monsters fan in uh, Ben. So I guess that means John is going to be ecstatic for Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know what y'all are talking Film about. Like I like the first God. Godzilla. Not, You're not oh, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not mentioning Godzilla we versus all just Kong here, <laughs> but God, uh, Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, King of the Monsters. I gave them all the same rating. Okay. Why are you the way you are? But I think. <laughs> But the way I was ranking those, I think I picked out, I named who, who yeah, yeah, no, was no, no, the yeah, favorite I get it, I get it. Yeah. Who's the yeah. champion? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Actually, I Godzilla. Really, would, I really like the trailer out of the, to out of the original, King of the Out of those three, Godzilla would have been my favorite, I didn't too. even like the trailer. <laughs>
Really? With the uh Oh wait, King uh, of the Monsters. Um I don't remember. It had that or- orchestral piece. No, that's when, Godzilla. Like, Godzilla. Oh, you want to know why one. it it involved no, no, a monster? No, King so of the Monsters had an orchestral piece too in the first trailer. No, no, no. Yeah, what? and Godzilla King of the Monsters, it had the uh oh shoot. It's when, a like, famous Mothra, piece. when Mothra does her wings and yeah, stuff too. That's yeah. why I didn't like the trailer. It involved a moth and those things <laughs> are the devil. <laughs> I mean, we oh, the only reason we knew it was a moth was because of context. It just Actually, that's not true. Moths are way better than butterflies, but I won't go on this rant. The trailer for Godzilla is one of the best. The teaser trailer for Godzilla is one of the best so trailers good. of the last 20 years. Um, oh, that's right. I really like the the original Godzilla with from 1951. Uh, no. Great movie. The one with the one with Aaron uh, Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen. No, 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 no. Brian Cranston. The one No, the one with Sally Hawkins. Matt. Get the fuck out of here with the 1990 Matthew Godzilla. Broderick. Oh, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Matthew I'm sure we've mentioned this the on the podcast guy. and I'll mention it again. That was one of the first movies I think I ever saw in theaters and I'm like can movies be bad? <laughs> I just remember, you know, does that one count as a sports movie? It takes place at Madison Square Garden. At yeah, end. Madison Square Garden. Bunch of little T-Rexes oh. running around. Okay, Godzilla vs. Kong. I am a fan of Adam Wingard. I haven't seen all of his movies, but... So is Lauren. The ones I've liked, I'm excited that maybe this will be one that I like as well. Uh, ben, thumbs up or thumbs down? For the new one. For what? Ben, ben watched it. Thumbs up. Okay. Um, we'll see for how me. that portends to the rest of us. <laughs> Godzilla vs. Kong on HBO Max. Go watch it. Ben likes it already. Um, and until then, I'm Whoop. Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at so Zach Oldenburg. <laughs> find us at middleofrow.com. You can support us on Patreon at Middle of Row. And you can rate review the podcast. Apparently it does things. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear, and you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can follow me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can follow us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Godzilla vs. Kong. Remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row.